0: Pastor Winona and I learned something powerful this week, and so I want to share with you what we learned, some of the things we learned, and uh, it's, so what I want to try to do is I want to try to take some scripture verses, and at the same time, I'd like to share with you a bit of a story of this week, and hopefully I'll be able to, to weave them in. So to start, if you could turn in your Bibles to Luke chapter 18. Luke 18. And I want to read a parable from Luke 18, and then I want to share with you what I believe God did and also what God wants to do for you. We'll start in verse 1. And then he spoke a parable to them that men always ought to pray and not to lose heart. Saying that there was in a certain city a judge who did not fear God nor regard man. Now there was a widow in that city and she came to him saying, Get justice for me from my adversary. And he would not for a while. But afterward he said to himself within himself, Though I do not fear God nor regard man, Amen. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, I ask God that you would come even now as we take your word, Lord, and as we learn and grow of you, that our eyes would be open. Lord, that we may feel that we're surrounded, but Lord, we're surrounded by you. Lord, that we would see what you are doing in our midst and in our lives. Holy Spirit, I ask that you would guide and direct me and lead, and that I will be used by you to describe and to share the deposits and the nuggets that you want to put into people's lives today. In your name, amen. Amen. Before I begin, Justin Curry, happy birthday. Yes. Wave your hand, Justin because I know you won't unless I ask. Also, actually, I want to pray this morning for Humboldt, Saskatchewan. We are not just an island to ourselves, but I believe as we extend our hearts and our sensitivity and our compassion to those around us, I believe something happens within us, and I believe we actually grow and expand as we expand our, our prayers. And in the last couple of years, God has really started to work on me for our nation. Our nation. We need a move of God in our nation. Desperately. Desperately. And, I mean, we could probably spend every Sunday praying for our nation, and I'm not expecting to do that. But this week, that was tragic that was tragic so i'm going to ask god to be with the families from those young men and 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 some of the coaches and the team that he would have supernatural peace cover that city and that that area of our country amen if you join with me heavenly father i just ask god lord that you would just have a supernatural peace, a peace that passes understanding, Lord, the tragedy of this week and the lost lives, but Lord, you are a God that heals, you are a God that cares, you are a God that loves, and Lord, for the devastation in that community, I ask God that you would just touch, that you would blow, and that you would move over them even now. Lord, I pray that you would comfort those who have lost loved ones. Lord, just blow on them. Just comfort them. Just settle on them. In your precious name, amen. Tuesday morning, I was listening to a video. I I will often take a video, and and, uh, there's a few pastors that I will listen to for their message and study their delivery, because I'm always trying to get better, because you should always improve. And uh, as I was watching the video, and it's great because I can play it twice as fast, so I get through a one-hour sermon in half an hour, so I'm I'm like doing twice as fast as normal. But this, the sermon was about the justice of God, and I was... I was impacted strongly and greatly by that passage. And as I was listening to it Thursday uh, Tuesday morning I was I was impressed and I thought this this is a word for now. And so I I was taking notes and I was impressed in my spirit that I I needed to share it this week. And then Tuesday afternoon Pastor Winona and I and, and Olivia Olivia was at the doctors for an appointment and Winona had some some work done a, a, a scan a bone scan as she's preparing for for surgery the doctor thought it would be prudent to have a bone scan and we're sitting in the doctor's office and he had consulted with Olivia and then he he and Winona said well I, I wanted to come and get my results too and he said oh yes just a minute he says is okay if Olivia's here and we said yeah that's fine And he walked in the door and he had a piece of paper in his hand, and the first word that came out of his mouth was unfortunately. Now, Winona had bought, uh, had fought cancer three years ago, breast cancer, and had surgery, chemo, radiation, another surgery, and we, we've been removed from the chemo and, and, and the surgery for about almost two years now. And she's still on medication, on a daily medication. But all the signs had been positive. They, she was moving forward. And that moment, the doctor walked in and he said, Unfortunately, I literally, and I'm not kidding to you, I literally felt my heart skip a beat. It literally and it's in those moments that your faith gets tested like you've never been tested before. It's one thing to have faith after the fact, but it's another faith, another thing to have faith before you face the fact. And so then he sat down and he, he just said there are two spots and um, he said, so I think we need to get, another x-ray of those to figure out basically the plan of action and determine what's happening and, and he, he said, you know, it looks like cancer. And the report had, uh, didn't have the word cancer, it had the word metastatic disease, which if you study or understand anything about cancer, you do not want it to metastasize, which means it can move in your body. Well, I remember what it was like three years ago. I had no clue what to expect three years ago. Um, We got in the car. I mean, we were speechless. By the time we got in the car, we were already crying. And, I mean, our world, our world was rocked. And... As we went home, we just, how can this be? How can this be? And we would, as we we're talking, we said, Lord, you healed Winona. You, you've healed her. We've had words, we've had people send us messages that we don't talk to for months. How are you doing? God's put you on my heart. What's going on? And it was like, nothing's going on. Um, we've had people in the church here have dreams and the dreams they've had and the visions they've had have been visions of life and visions of recovery, visions of health. And so we, we're just driving home and, and I'm not sure about you, but there's times when I have some pretty frank conversations with God. Can I, can I be honest? I don't always come before Him on my knees. Sometimes I go, what is going on? And my voice is about 100 decibels. It's like, Literally screaming. I've had times, literally, when I've been on my bike riding, that I've been yelling because I don't know what's going on. And I don't think I'm alone in that emotion. I've sometimes climbed in the car, driven away, and just be myself, windows closed, and I just. Scream out to God. I'm not, I'll be honest with you, I'm not angry with God. But even if I was, he can take care of that. But I don't understand. I'm not sure what's going on. I thought, I thought. So, so we were assessing things and we were going through this. And, and then I remembered what I had watched earlier in the morning. And the, and the sermon preached on the justice of God. And I want to share with you this morning some aspects about God's justice. And I'm hoping that this will touch a chord with you and hopefully give you a revelation. It was revelatory to me. And although I've heard comments and heard sermons, the way it was, it was delivered, maybe it was my heart was ready to receive it. I don't understand all that, but I just know at that moment I needed to hear it. Sometimes God tells you ahead of time what's coming up. I find when I preach, sometimes I preach ahead of time, and I'm saying, Lord, I'd like to preach about blessing. (laughs) I'd like to preach about abundance. And he goes, no, no, you're going to preach about the process. And I said, no, no, I'd like to preach about goodness. And he goes, no, you're going to preach about how you get out of a valley. And I go, no, I'd like to preach about abundance and having more money than I need. And he says, no, I'm going to preach you how to get on your knees and pray and ask him for help. So sometimes you preach what's coming up. Not always, but I have found that quite often I do. And, and that was also some of the things that, I mean, God's smart. He knows what you're going through. And he knows what you're going to go through. So quite often, He will. aren't you glad that he prepares you ahead of time, even if you don't know the head of time? So... I listened to that sermon, and and I want to share with you. And and what I'd like to do is I'd like to give you a glimpse of how Pastor Winona and I dealt with this. And this is not a formula because what I find, the only thing I find in the scriptures that's consistent is Jesus. (laughs) All his healings. It's amazing. His healings, there's not a formula. But what I'd like to do with you is I'd like to share with you some things that we learned and an aspect of how we approached God and brought this before God. So the first thing I want you to do and I want you to understand is the Bible is a book that has legal language in it. It is a book that has legal language. In fact, the Old Testament is also referred to the Old Covenant. And covenant is legal language. Covenant is stronger than contract. Contract you negotiate, covenant is what you give. A marriage covenant is not a marriage negotiation. I gave myself to my wife, and I didn't say, "Hey, um, I'm going to negotiate with you." Oh, no, I gave myself to her, and thank God she gave herself to me. But covenant is stronger, and it's it's got some legal aspects or some aspects that have some language of law in them. So you just see it from that. I want to just I'm going to just read you a few words from the scriptures. That are legal words as we go here. Um, deliverance, liberty, freedom. Isaiah 61 and Luke 4, when Jesus says, You know, the Spirit of the Lord's upon me, and you read his proclamation, and what he's doing is he's speaking legal language to people that were bound in prison and for those who were, who were needed to be set free and delivered. That's legal language. The high priest, he's not just a spiritual person. He's actually God's representative to the people in the Old Testament. It came through the high priest. It came through the prophet as well. But the high priest administered not just spiritual things. He also administered justice and judgment. And people would bring things to him, their sin offerings and other offerings. And from that, they were pronounced whole or they were, those things were removed. So there's legal aspect with that. The story of Ruth and Boaz, the kinsman redeemer, that's a legal word. And he actually went to the gates of the city And think about this with respect to uh, the enemy. He went to the gates of the city and he spoke with those at the gate of the city. And that's where the judgment and that's where the legal transaction happened. Some people refer to that courts. It was the gates of the city. Another person who went to the gates of the city was Absalom. And if you study him and you read him, it says that he stole the hearts of the people because he went to the gates of the city because people would come with their problems to the gate. And he said, listen, King David's too busy for you, so I'll give you my judgment. And they started to love him because he would shake their hand. They would identify with him, and he'd give them a judgment. And he actually stole their hearts, and Absalom usurped or took over part of the kingdom. There was a legal transaction. Witness, case, purchase, judge, advocate, intercessor, mediator, transgress, adversary, throne. Those are all words that carry with them a legal aspect. So I want to lay this down for you because this isn't something that we spend a lot of time, but I want you to understand a process of how Pastor Winona and I approached God this week because I believe there's people here that deal or fight with anxiety. There's people here that are searching for answers. We went home and we said, we've done everything we know to do. Why is this happening? I'm I'm trying to be honest and raw with you. God, we've done it. The doors that you've opened before us, we've walked through. What is going on? I don't see sin in my life. I don't see issues that that are, are an impediment, Lord. What is going on? Jesus carried legal authority. He wasn't a religious person. He was a legal representative. He was God with us. And he established the kingdom of heaven on earth. And if you understand kingdom at all, it involves a king. And what do you do? You bring your case before the king. And he would rule on your behalf. So do you see a picture of a legal system, a legal structure, a legal landscape that is woven throughout the scriptures? So I'd like to paint this picture for you. If I can paint this picture in the imagination of your mind... And I want to show you three individuals or four. One is an adversary. And the Bible talks about an adversary, and it's the devil. And the Bible says that, the accuser of the brethren. I think that's in 1 Peter. And the adversary. Do you know that we have an adversary that is working day and night against us? And you say, I have victory. Yes, I believe I've got victory. But when I have anything that comes into my mind that is contrary to the word of God, that is an adversarial thought. And if I don't take it captive, I will be succumbed to it and I will live according to something that is substandard and not what God wants for me. Now, I'm not controlled by my adversary, but there are moments when something happens and we get this word from the doctor and he says, unfortunately, and I can't tell you the thoughts that came to my mind. All of a sudden, doubt. Well, I thought this was dealt with. Well, what if this? As I was praying to God that evening, and you might think this is like, come on, get with it, pastor, but I got to be honest with you. As I was praying that evening, there was part of the, the prognosis was also that it could be in arthritic conditions in other joints. But the two bones notices were not, they were mystatic um, disease. But there was also saying in the wrist and something else, there's, there's a, another word for arthritis, but it was basically, this is possible, arthritis. You know what I did that night? I said, God, can you take away the cancer, but, but I'll accept arthritis? <laughs> Have you ever negotiated with God where you say, you know what, God? I'll live... I'll live with that if you just get rid of this. And I caught myself. I caught myself because it's like, no, my wife is whole. And so I'm not going to go for second best. I'm going to go for the best. So I changed myself and I caught myself and I say, no, Lord, Lord, forgive me. Get rid of the cancer, but get rid of the arthritis stuff too. Like, don't settle for less than what God has for you. Don't settle for less than what God has for you. And I caught myself because it was like in the moment of distress and in the moment of pain and in the moment of sorrow, I was ready to make a deal that was like, you know what, just get rid of this and I'll live with that. No. No. I caught myself and I said, Lord, forgive me. Lord, get rid of this and get rid of that because I want my wife whole, 100% whole. The things that they've taken out of her, I want put back in her by the great physician. So we have an accuser. What I find interesting in Luke 18 is the widow did not talk to the accuser. This is important for you to understand. Don't waste your time talking to the enemy. Don't waste your time talking to your adversary. Don't waste your time settling the dispute and getting all technical. Waste your time talking to the judge. And this woman, she didn't spend her time talking to the accuser. She went to the judge. And if you study the scriptures and you see how Jesus dealt with them, he didn't have conversations with the enemy. He said, the the Lord rebuke you. He said, get out of them. He said, go go back to where you came from. He didn't spend time. He didn't need to have conversations. He was already victorious, and he was just establishing that, and he was showing the people there, the disciples and those around him, how to deal with these activities. You don't waste your time talking with that when you've got the king with you. So this woman didn't spend a lot of time talking to the accuser. In fact, you don't see her saying anything. She came to the judge and she said, "Help me, because this adversary, my opponent, this if you were speaking in English, you might have even said, "Idiot." Have you, have you ever felt like this jerk? Okay, maybe it's just me. Sometimes I don't just call him an adversary. Now, I don't have colorful language. An idiot is about as far as I go. <laughs> but to get me there, that means I'm pretty worked up. So there was that person in this parable. Then we also see she went to the judge. You know who the judge is? God the Father. God the Father is the judge. I am so glad the person that rules my case is the smartest, wisest, most just person around. And do you know what? He has my best interest at heart. I'll show you that. But he's not against me. Everything he wants, he wants for me. He wants my best, and he he wants his best for me. So we see the judge, and I'll just give you a couple verses. In Psalm 75, it says, But God is the judge. He puts down one and exalts another. And in Psalm 76, 8, 9, You caused judgment to be heard from heaven. The earth feared and was still when God arose to judgment. And there's verse after verse after verse that shows and indicates that God the Father is judge. The one who rules your case is God, is not the devil. And the devil and God are not equal. We live in a society of, of DC comics and of the Avengers and of all these crazy cartoons, and usually what they do is they pit good against evil. And it's a fight, and it takes two and a half hours to resolve, and then they have a sequel because they didn't get it figured out. I'm here to tell you the fight happened once. The king of kings won. The devil was actually a created being in the same equation as an angel. He's not equal to Jesus. So it's not good and equal. evil are equal. It's not. The king of kings, God Almighty, is good, just, pure, righteous, and he's on the throne. So we have an accuser. We have a judge. And now I want you to see somebody else. We have an advocate. Have you ever needed someone to plead your case? Have you ever had needed somebody who could understand how to approach the king or understand how to approach the parent or understand how to approach the judge or understand how to approach the teacher because you didn't understand how to phrase it or how to do it or how to say it? And so what you do is you get a lawyer. And you get somebody who's versed in the law, who understands previous rulings, who understands the rule of law, and you get him to fight for you or defend you or to plead your case because, you know what? I'm just a person, and I don't understand the intricacies of it, but here this lawyer does. And by the way, the lawyer paid it fully. So the lawyer not only knows the intricacies of the law, the lawyer actually fulfilled the law. So this lawyer stands there in front of the judge and he says, I paid for it and I can show you the scars, I can show you the areas, I can show you whatever needs to be shown, I can prove it, I've got the blood that says I paid for it completely. So you and I have an advocate who represents you. Man, we should have a praise break because the last time I knew it, I made some stupid decisions and my God who is smart and Jesus who paid the price said, you know what? I paid for that even though that wasn't very smart. I paid for him and he's whole and he's righteous and I stand before you the judge and I plead his case. Not only does Jesus plead our case, but the Holy Spirit pleads our case. So we have an advocate in heaven, and the Holy Spirit is here, and it says that he intercedes for us. Intercede means you make up a conversation with somebody. It actually says in one of the phrases, to hit upon somebody. So the Holy Spirit and Jesus are hitting on God, saying, David's okay, David's pure, David's, we've got it, David's cleansed, he's covered. And you can use another name instead of David. Use your name. Because the king, the judge is sitting there and the Holy Spirit is interceding. He's called, and he's, and, and actually, if you study that word interceding, it, it's actually the same word as comforter in John. John 14, 15, and 16. When Jesus tells the disciples about the Holy Spirit, he's actually, the word comforter in there is the same word as intercede. Has anybody here ever needed a legal team to represent them? Let me ask you if you could pick between the lousiest and the best, who would you pick? Somebody say it. (laughs) We got a smart crowd here today. If I'm given a choice between a rookie, and someone who knows the law, 100 percent, who can answer every single thing that comes across the table. I'll, I'll be honest with you, I love rookies, but I love the guy that's the smartest. And he intercedes. And, and, and there's a verse, I want to read it to you. I believe it's in Romans eight, because this is where I want you to see that he intercedes the, for the best thing for you. Romans 8:27. And 28. Sorry, 26 and 27. It says, in the same way, the Spirit also helps our weakness. For when we do not know how to pray, as we should. Have you ever had an instance where you're not 100% sure, how do I pray about this? Okay, here, listen to this. The Spirit himself intercedes for us with groanings. (laughs) He intercedes with, Because oh. when you read that word groaning, it means sighs. He just, oh. oh. And he intercedes. When you don't know what to say, you have somebody who does. And he groans for you and he intercedes for you before the king. And it says, he intercedes for us with groanings too deep for words. And he who searches the heart the Holy Spirit, knows what the mind of the Spirit is because he intercedes, listen to this, he intercedes for the saints according to the will of the Father. This is amazing. How is he arguing my case? Well, he's arguing it according to the will of the Father. Not my will. And the will of the Father is For the best for me. The will of the Father is, we need a sacrifice. Jesus, you're going to be sacrificed. The will of the Father is, I want redemption. I want reconciliation. The will of the Father is, what can be done to cleanse this bridge or to make this gap go away? And the will of the Father is the best for you in every single circumstance. That's what God wants for you, and the Spirit is interceding according to that. He's not contrary to God's will. He is interceding for God's will, according to God's will. I think sometimes we miss it because our will isn't lining up with His. I just threw that one in there. It's not in my notes. So we have a judge, and we have an advocate. So Tuesday night, my wife, who usually sleeps amazingly well, was awake when I went to bed. And as we laid there, I actually fell asleep. I was exhausted. But I had my hand on her hip. And it's customary that I will pray for her, even if she doesn't need prayer, she needs prayer. Even if I don't need prayer, I need prayer. But I changed the language of my prayer. I changed the language of what I was saying. And what I did was I made this a legal argument. I made this a legal issue. And I pled the case, and what I did was I envisioned a court case. And I envisioned the accuser, and you know what the accuser was? I was getting all these stupid ideas in my head, not just me, but my wife as well. Because the moment you get bad news, you start to go, well, what if it's true? I spent two and a half years going through this. What if what they're saying Well, I'm going to proceed in this manner. And you start planning according to something that they say. I'm trying to be honest with you, because I think many of you can identify. When you get bad news, what do you do? Do you figure out how you're going to deal with it? And I understand that, humanly speaking. And I believe in having plans, and I believe in wisdom. Or do you bring it to the judge? So that night, our thoughts. Winona, who could usually sleep, and, and, me, and she, God, she, you gonna, if you need to learn how to sleep when you're anxious, talk to my wife, and I'm serious about that. Because God, through this whole cancer treatment, she'd sleep like a log. She'd saw and snore like a log as well. But I tell you, when it's life, you don't mind listening to it. And so she has this amazing ability to sleep. Like, it's God-given, it's a gift, because it, I, I'm saying, Lord, why am I waking up? But this particular evening, I fell asleep, and then I'd wake up two, three, four, five times. I'd wake up a lot through that, that evening. But every time I woke up, I'd put my hand on those areas, And I'd just say, intercede. The case has been paid. The the, the debt has been paid. The healing's been provided for. You took the stripes. And, And what I would do is I would rehearse the words of God in the Bible. And I'd bring them back to my lawyer, like he needs to be reminded. And I would say, you paid the price. Plead that on my case. And I actually went to court for lack of any other way of explaining it Tuesday night. And I started making declarations that my wife is whole. Can I tell you that was challenging? Because I was making gutsy, I didn't tell a lot of people because I'll be honest with you, I was scared. But it's easy to make a declaration you're whole after you've been told you're whole but do you make a declaration that you're whole when you have a piece of paper from a a doctor that says this is not whole? Can you make a declaration of victory before the victory? And so I started to do that. And you know what happened when I made that statement and that declaration? The enemy, well, what if it's not going to happen? I mean, the enemy is a liar. He can go you know where. I can't use that word. But that's where he should go. That's where he's got a reservation for. But the moment I started to make a claim of victory and wholeness, I got a whole nother level of accusations coming against me. It's easy to say victory before the, uh, after the victory, but can you claim victory ahead of time? You look in the Bible. You've got to say it before you get it. You want to write that down because sometimes we expect to get it, but we ain't saying it. And we're not getting it because we're not saying it. We're actually getting what we're saying. David went in front of Goliath, and he didn't say we're going to see what happens. I've got five stones, so if I miss you on one, I'm going to try number two. And if I miss you... David said, you come against the armies of Israel and the living God, and today we're going to, you're going to be conquered and I'm going to kill you. Who was that little pep squeak? I'm here to tell you the battle is the Lord's, not yours. Gideon. Gideon. 32,000 down to 300. I can identify with him because he kept saying, is this going to happen, God? Give me a fleece. Can you show me this? In fact, the night before it happens, God says, go and camp out and spy because I want to show you something. And the guy from the enemy's camp had a dream of this thing rolling down and taking out the army. And Gideon's listening to these two guys having Tim Horton's coffee. And the guy says, you know what? I had a dream. And the other guy goes, tell me the dream. And the guy tells him the dream. This is the enemy. And the enemy goes, you know what? That's Gideon and he's going to kill us. The enemy knows his fate. Are you receiving this? So Tuesday night, went to battle. Went to court. Wednesday morning, we had the x-ray. This is how I fight my battle. Wednesday afternoon, we got a call. Not cancer. Ma- if I could dance, I'd dance, but I dance ugly. <laughs> but we got a call. What was written down is not what's there. Hallelujah. What's been said about you, the king has ruled on your behalf, and he says, You're not guilty. The king has said, no, you've been interceded for. Your lawyer says he paid the price. The lawyer has done this. The lawyer has said that. Therefore, you are free. Don't let anxiety rule your life. Let the king of kings and the Lord of lords, the one who paid the price, rule your life and make your decisions for you. It's a Wednesday afternoon. I wasn't home, but Pastor Winona, Pastor Brenda, took the call, and she calls me in the car. And macho man as I am, I started to weep. And I'm here to tell you, there's some of you here today that are overwhelmed with stress. And what I learned... Was I need to take it to my interceder, my intercessor, and I need to plead my case. And I've got lots of other verses. In Revelation it says they overcame him by the blood of the Lamb. I pled the blood by the word of the testimony. I rehearsed the words of what God has said. I rehearsed the words from the Bible. I rehearsed the dreams people had. I rehearsed the telephone calls we got. I rehearsed the text messages we got. I rehearsed people who called us out and said, you're going to be a father and a mother to a new movement. And I, I We rehearsed those words because if those words were spoken from God, they're going to come to pass and they can't come to pass if my wife passes or anything else happens in that way. So Lord, I please these things before you. You need to plead what he has done for you already. Don't bring up the accusations. The accusation guy is going to do that. Bring up and say, Lord, you died for me. You shed your blood for me. You paid the price for me. You're the one who I rely on. I am righteous in you. Lord, I messed up. I fouled up. I have no excuses, no way to defend myself except by you. Anxiety, man, that's tough. So we're gonna close here. We're gonna have a time of prayer. Pastor Daniel, after we're word, word of prayer, Pastor Daniel's got a couple instructions. We're gonna do this quick. We don't need to do this for half an hour. If any of you are fighting anxiety, if any of you are fighting worry if any of you have stress that you just can't seem to get rid of, if any of you are looking at something that's insurmountable, I want to ask you to come forward now as an act of faith, and we're going to speak and plead our case to the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords, and we're going to declare and speak his word over that situation. So if any of you can identify, come forward now.
1: Any situation any situation where you need to see the justice of God in your life, whether it is a physical thing, a financial thing, stress, worry, whatever, whatever it is, if there's an area that you need the justice of God in, come forward right now.
0: Amen. Financial, emotional, physical, relational, if you need justice. If you've looked and said, I've tried this, I've tried that, and I can't figure it out. God is here right now. What I want you to do is I'm not going to lay my hands on you. I'm just asking you right now to plead your case and say, God, you're the judge. And I want to encourage you to say the words, Lord, my finances, you know them. Lord, my relationships that aren't right. God, I plead them before you. God, your blood cleanses me from all right. Lord, I make mistakes regularly. Help me. The accuser is trying to pull me down and throw me over and everything else. But Lord, you're the one that intercedes for me. Just bring it out. Talk to him. I came to him, I said, Lord, it's not going to be cancer. Lord, you're my interceder. You are the intercessor, and you stand before the judge, and you plead my case according to the judge's will. So, Lord, we speak right now. We speak over every situation. Lord, over every situation. And we declare justice and we speak justice, Lord, in the courts of heaven, but Lord, also, Lord, in our midst now, Lord, we speak and we declare and we come before you, Lord, as it is. As if it was in front of a court, and we say, "Lord, I have a lawyer. I have one who intercedes for me, and he says that it's been paid, it's been done, it's been fulfilled." He stood on the he was on the cross, and he said, "It is finished. It is complete. There's nothing I need to add to it. I need to claim that and speak that." So, Lord, we are doing that now. Or I speak over family rifts, rifts and family. And I'd speak to them and i say they're, they're going to be cleansed. They're going to be whole. I speak over literal judgments that have been made against me that are unlawful and no not line up with the kingdom of God. Lord, and I speak your kingdom principles over those and your kingdom rule and your kingdom reign over those. Lord, I plead the blood, the blood that cleanses all unrighteousness Lord, and I speak that over these relationships. Lord, I speak for myself personally, Lord, and the mistakes that I've made. And Lord, I pray, oh God, that those mistakes, Lord, they will not be held against me, but you will stand in front of the judge and you will declare that they've been paid for, that I am righteous in you and I'm complete in you, and that you look at me and say, I paid for David's mistakes, and you cleanse me from all unrighteousness. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. And this is how we fight our battles. This is how we fight.
1: Chris, when Pastor started preaching this morning, uh, your family came to my mind. And I wasn't thinking about the sound. I wasn't thinking about anything. But your family came to mind. And I believe that justice is being executed for your family today. Today. And we're going to see some miracles today. So I just want to share that with you.
0: Amen. Hallelujah. We're going to sit down in a moment. But I want to encourage you, every one of you, bring it before the judge. Bring it before the judge. Don't waste your time listening to the accusations. Bring it to the judge. Now, don't continue. If there's an issue, stop doing it but the judge is there and he will proclaim his judgment which is for your best intentions and your best and your goodness because he intercedes the the Holy Spirit and Jesus intercede according to the will of the Father and I declare I declare this morning justice Josiah justice speak it don't be afraid to use that word Expect the ridiculous. Don't don't put reservations or containment on what God wants to do. Justice. 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 Lord, I thank you, God. Lord, that we have an advocate. I thank you, Lord, that we have someone who represents us in heaven. And he says, Lord, that you represent us Lord Jesus, you represent us before the King and we're whole. Amen. Amen. God bless you. Amen. You may be seated. Expect this week movement on those things. Because actually, if you read Luke 8, just 18, stay up here, Pastor Daniel, because I might go longer. I'm in the red. Luke 18, if you read it, it says that the judge, and God is saying, if the unjust judge will do this decision, he says, just imagine what I would do, and then he says, I will avenge you quickly. So I want, I want to do one thing here. If you'd like it to be quickly, I want you to raise your hands, and we're going to do something... We're going to do something ridiculous. I'm going to say the word quickly, and I want you to grab it. Okay? One, two, three. He's going to do it quickly. Amen.